The revolution is here. A movement of people free to live, work, and choose. We won't tell you what to think. We just demand that you think for yourself. This is Kibbe on Liberty. Okay, Jeremy, good to see you. It's great to be here with you. Yes, uh, it's uh, the noise in the background I just realized is is probably the... Um, they're protesting about the Supreme Court nominee. That's right. They want her to be confirmed. And they also want D.C. to become a state where there are two issues I heard walking by on the yeah. way here. Um, did, it, did it seem mostly nonviolent? I, it, it was. It was a peaceful it was a peaceful protest, as yeah. far as I could tell. Cool. And uh, you, you love coming to Washington, D.C., right? We don't, we don't quite get things like that in New Hampshire too yeah. often, which yeah. is where I'm from. Um, but you were you were here. Um, I, I, I should I should context this by saying I, I saw you give a talk at, at Porkfest this year, talking about the tra- travails of Library and Odyssey, which you're founder co-founder of those platforms. That's right. I'm the CEO of Library, which is a blockchain based publishing protocol. It does to publishing what Bitcoin does to money is, is one way we say that. But most people use it through this website called Odyssey, uh, O-D-Y-S-E.com. I believe you're on there. So yeah, people Free the can, People's on Odyssey. Yeah, so people can follow Free the People on Odyssey. Uh, credible amount of content on there, very easy to use. So sometimes you hear blockchain and people are like, oh, that's complicated. You know, Odyssey is really easy to use. It's being used by something like 30, 40 million people each month. And it's uh, been getting bigger and bigger. So uh, I want to get into that and sort of do like uh, Library 101 for idiots like me. Yeah. That that are, we're st- I'm struggling. So I'm an economist, and and I get Hayek, and and I get the the power of of decentralized systems, and and I've been talking on this show for several years about about how we deal with social media censorship, and and how we deal with um, which is becoming more and more um, like actual just plain old government censorship. The bright line's not there anymore, but why don't why don't we take a step back? Because I saw you, uh, and we'll get into your your SEC problems, which is why you're in DC. But give us sort of a 101, like um, how does library work? And so it's a it's a publishing platform, but it's also a um, it solves the compensation problem. Yeah, so I'll I'll get into all this, but I want to first hit on something that you said about oh blockchain. I'm an idiot. I I at first you're obviously not an idiot, but. That, I think, is part of the problem mm-hmm. in blockchain, right? Uh, you know, cars are a wonderful invention. You don't need to understand how an internal combustion engine works right. to get in your car right. and drive it. You understand the benefits. You don't have to understand the details. So we're going to talk about how that car works, I think, a little bit. But I think what's most important to understand is anyone in the world can go to odyssey.com or get one of the Odyssey apps out of the app stores. They can publish via that app they can find content via that app and those bad things that have happened whether you blame government or the private corporations and you could blame either of them yeah that it's not possible for that stuff to happen in the same way and so that's the important thing right that is you can get in this thing and go 70 miles an hour instead of getting on your horse right like that is that's the important thing so as we get into the details don't have to understand all the details to understand the, the properties, right? Is that uh, from a from a just a, a marketing and PR and, and and building your community is is the intimidation of oh I don't get blockchain a part of your problem? No, Odyssey doesn't put blockchain at the at the front of it because again to me that's like talking about like talk about what's good talk about the properties. No, people don't need to care, and I think I think 
I guess I talk about it that way because I think a lot of people who have become enthusiastic about blockchain, they did do that dive. They did go and understand the internals and that created their excitement. But like people don't actually need to understand all of that stuff to understand the the benefit. And so I like to keep the focus on the benefit. If I'm on a block, I mean, I'm a computer science guy. I, I'm a nerd. I can go deep on the details, but I think that like that's actually not for, for a lot of people, you know, what's important. Um, but in, uh, I will, I'll attempt to, to unpack library for you here. So library is a, a, a public proof of work blockchain. We don't need to necessarily explain all those, but that's what Bitcoin is. And so the key thing that public blockchains can do is they can have a record of things that's not owned or controlled by any one party. That's what Bitcoin does. It keeps says this address is this amount of coins. This address is this amount of coins. It's a very simple ledger. That same technology can be used to store other information, not just financial information. And so what we do with the library blockchain is we allow anyone to create an identity, a handle, just like a username, and we allow those handles and usernames to publish content. And uh, for, for the techie people, I'll say just the metadata goes on the blockchain, not the content that goes into a peer-to-peer -peer network. But we don't need to get into all that. The key thing is that the blockchain has this property that if I have the password to my account, if I have the wallet, that's mine. There's no ability for some other intermediary to go in there. So if you publish something, my company can't remove that metadata. We can't remove it from the blockchain. Your handle, we can't take your handle away from you, right? And these are the properties that are really important that this, this system provides. I saw um, Tim Poole was grilling the CEO of rumble or i think it was rumble and you know they're claiming that they're not going to censor content that's like their whole marketing plan but he kept asking them well what happens when the government comes after you what happens when you become big enough that you sell and you're no longer the majority owner of this thing and and it's the the inherent problem with the top-down system is that eventually somebody gets control of that and eventually whatever the founder's vision was will get corrupted by, by future generations that have different agendas or different needs. I, I think that's precisely correct. I don't dispute that at all. Um, I mean, I think Google, people maybe would argue about this, but I think Google was like a pretty decent company around a decade ago. Mm -hmm. I think there's something happened. We can debate what that was. Uh, but I think something changed. I think what you described is exactly what happens. And what we've done is we've designed a system from day one to sort of make some of those things impossible. So rather than saying, we're good guys, and I think we are good guys. But what happens? It exactly said. What happens? Hey, what happens if I, I don't know? I get a brainworm and I become evil. You know, whatever, however, however it happens. Um, and because of our design, we don't have, we don't control the blockchain, we don't control the data network, and everything we've done and built is open source, which means that other people can run it and other people can can do other forms of it. So. The, that kind of thing really can't play out the same way. I will say, just because I, I like to be very honest, those things can happen on Odyssey in the same way that Coinbase can block Bitcoin transactions to Russia. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean the Bitcoin network can block transactions to Russia, but apps and, and things like that, they can always do those things. Um, but the underlying library network, the, those kinds of things can't happen. They can't happen there. So how do you deal with um, rules? I'm thinking about um, Silk Road yeah. and um, how 
the founder of Silk Road was held accountable for the behavior on Silk Road. Um, are you responsible for um, how do you deal with violence and kitty porn and all sorts of horrible things that happen on? Yeah. So so those are it's a very good question, and I'll explain I'll, I'll explain how we deal with it first, and then if that doesn't answer liability type questions, I'll, I'll get into that. So first, it's important to remember that library is a protocol. So uh, in the same way that HTTP is the protocol that powers our web browser or SMTP is the protocol that powers our email, the idea that a protocol doesn't have one place that you can go to to control the entire thing, that's actually normal. That's the way that all, you know, there's, if someone is emailing something illegal, you can't call up the CEO of email, right? You can call up providers and stop it at that level. And so in, in a lot of ways, it's quite similar. Mm -hmm. um, same kind of thing. Um, what we then also do is uh, we do process government requests and we uh, put out a state uh, this statement on the blockchain that says we've been told that these blockchain sectors are in violation of this country's laws. So effectively saying this sector is illegal in the United States to return. And then nodes that want to operate legally uh, which, as far as we know, there's, uh, that's what everyone is doing, they will not return those segments that have been marked uh, illegal. And so that's the way we deal with it. That's not, there's, certainly I don't want to be encouraging some of the things that, that you've talked about, and so that's our way of uh, also attempting to, to stop it. So um, that's, how, that's how we deal with it uh, from a technical mm -hmm. perspective. And then from a liability perspective, if our technology is being used to do something illegal, again, not really different from any other technology, not different from internet protocols, not different from someone who makes a knife, you know? Um, so our technology is designed to do good things. Can people do bad things with technology? True of a lot of technology, but at that point, we're not the ones doing it. Yeah. The, I, I've always thought about this, and again, I, I, I quote Hayek a lot on this show because I'm, I'm a fan. I'm the economics dork. Um, but you know, particularly um, his whole notion about how how the rules of, of civil society evolve spontaneously as figure, people figure stuff out, and and part of that dynamic is the community deciding that certain behavior is not appropriate, and I assume that plays out in a blockchain world. Um, I don't think we know yet because it's too early to to know. And there's you're dealing with government regulations, and you're you're dealing with uh, um, your your Wikipedia page is kind of funny because um, you, you, did you realize that that library is a far right conspiracy? I I actually did not know that they said that. Uh, I mean, I guess that's the standard attack against anything that's successful. Um, I mean, you can go on or anything that's not controlled anymore. Yeah, like the, yeah. the narrative is 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 dropped down from some magical shoot, and that's that's the thing, and everything else is now far right i guess right i mean anyone can go to the homepage of odyssey and look at the roster of creators that are on that homepage or in some of the categories and no one in their right mind would say this is a this is a far right website now there's i think we're approaching 20 million videos could someone find a video from the far right of course you can find a far left video you can find but you're gonna find more cooking videos or things like that i think than you'd find of, of any of that stuff cooking, yeah 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 well we've got to censor some of those recipes i mean once people figure yeah. out yeah so um tell me where uh, you you guys built this when and and where are you at in in the community and what's the aspiration yeah so uh work began on this uh project um 
all the way back in 2015 or maybe even the end of, of 2014 from a conceptual uh, basis. Uh, but definitely began in earnest in 2015. Um, uh, the blockchain went live in 2016. It's funny, I had to go over, to talk about it later, I had to go over some of this stuff yesterday. So all this timeline is more yeah. fresh in my mind than uh, it, it even is typically. Um, and it, it kind of um, grew slowly from there, you know, from, you know, a couple hundred people a day using it to a couple thousand to tens of thousands to, you know, now a couple million people uh, or more uh, each day. Uh, you know, going on and, and accessing content. And to me, um, well, I, I used to be like sort of embarrassed by the scale of our ambitions, but I feel like I've like made it far enough. I can I can kind of say them with a straight face. Like we, we think this technology can be used by billions of people. Uh, we think it, it fundamentally changes the way that we publish information online for the better. So you don't have to trust these big tech companies um, who have sort of repeatedly, even if it's not the censorship, they do this model where they build something great and then they turn that monetization dial and they squeeze you. Mm -hmm. and, and and so, uh, you know, we think we've um, built something that's really far, it's transformative and this is, it's, it's better than the status quo. And I think this is also important. Um, it's one of the reasons that I don't like the label alt tech. I think alt tech is fair for something like a Gab or a Rumble because they're just trying to clone what exists. We're the successor. You know, we've built something that's genuinely different. It's not just a clone. It's something that is is better from the ground up in terms of how it does things. And it's one of the reasons I think that we'll win. And it, it probably like one one of the problems that I have with 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 alt tech sites is that you end up talking almost exclusively to conservative Trump supporters. Exactly. Because they all left because they were pissed that, that Trump got kicked off of Twitter, and I suppose he's been kicked off a bunch of things now. Um, and and it's, it only sort of enhances that, that tribalism that has been created by um, big tech in the first place by, by censoring certain content. But, but I would imagine that a truly open platform isn't going to segregate that way because it's just a tool. That's right. And I think you're completely right that the, a lot of those sites are echo chambers. And I'm not trying to disparage them, by the way, too hard. Like, I think their intent, like, I support competition. I support c CEOs that are more free speech than ones that are less, you know? Yeah. But I think that what you said is exactly true. I don't think that's the case uh, on the library network. It's not. I don't think that's the case of Odyssey users. I think you'll find a, a real diversity of the of, of content and among the, the user base. True diversity, ideological yeah. Uh, right. diversity. Yeah, yeah. Like like market based yeah. free choice, yeah. voluntary association, yeah. all those crazy yeah. sorts of diversity. And, and including most importantly, a lot of people who aren't political. Right? right. That's you know. I think I'm I'm pretty political. You're pretty political, and we're in political spaces, but. The vast majority, I think, of Americans or worldwide, like they're actually not political. You know, like I, I like I'm a fan of Mark Dyson. I watch his videos sometimes. He does those man on the street and he's mm -hmm. like, you know, people who don't know who the vice president is and it's stuff like this. And it's like a really good reminder that a lot of people are not plugged in, are not paying attention to politics. I always think I was waxed nostalgically of of when I was in graduate school. Um, because I may well not have known who the president was while, while I was in that intellectual bubble. And then it came out of it, and it was, it was super harsh being then injected into like the day-to-day. -day. Like I, I feel like I get a little bit stupider watching Congress work every day, and it would be nice to check out. 
Yeah, it would be that. I mean, that's actually my ideal form of government. Yeah, <laughs> I want I want to know as much about the structure of my government as I do about you know how McDonald's is run or whatever. Yeah, you know, I want it to provide a, a service. And I like it, and I don't have to care about the internal governance structure. Is it a worker cooperative? Is it top down? Is it bottom up? I don't know. I go in and I get a sandwich for a good price, and I'm happy. You know, right. like that's that's. I would like government to be much more that space of being a service, where we don't have to concern ourselves over broadly with the that structure. And now, I'm saying at the larger level, locally, community level, that might be a little bit different, but. At, at any level above the community, that's what I'd like. And that's like one of the reasons uh, going back to, you know, most people may not know who the vice president is. Most people don't pay that much attention to politics and they're probably, their mental health level is probably a little bit higher for that. But one of the reasons that as much as I'd like to, I haven't left Twitter, is that I don't want to just speak to a libertarian echo chamber or a conservative echo chamber and then go over and talk to the progressive echo chamber because I feel like you're leaving most people off the table at that point. And, and we, those are the people we should be talking to precisely is, is people that uh, will care a little bit if they keep their schools shut down for two years and suddenly moms are like, what's going on? Yeah. And, that, it's, and so we, we need to reach those folks and you just can't do that if you're in your little tribal echo chamber. I, I mean, I, I completely agree. I also, in terms of politics, like, I'm not a prescriptivist. Like, I see my politics much more as a sort of personal preference. Like, I would like to live this way. I think there's several million other people who would want to live the way that similar to I do. All right, you know, that's sufficient. I, I so, and, and this may, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty libertarian for people who know me, but, like, I, unlike at least some, like, look, you're a communist? Fine. Like, I don't care. Like, do you demand worldwide communism? Okay, we might have a problem. But, like, if you want to have a co- your communist space, I'm skeptical it won't work well for you. <laughs> but, right. But, like, by all means, you know, maybe it'll be awesome. Maybe Go I'll be it, persuaded yeah. to be a communist once I see uh, how great your society is. And that, that's sort of like, uh, I mentioned a Free State Project, and, and you're very involved in that. Um, I, don't, I don't know when you got involved in it. Are you sort of an OG Free Stater? No, I actually moved up around the same time I started working on library. The core of people were all pretty libertarian, and we all kind of, um, two of us, the two, myself and the, uh, the other sort of initial founder moved, uh, moved up there at the same, at the same time. Um, so yeah, I, but I, so I've been up there since like 20, 2016 and I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of it, uh, for libertarians. Come, come check it out. Come for a visit and, uh, come to pork fest. You're going to be there. Oh yeah. 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 So I think I think there's only like a couple hundred tickets left for Porkfest, so people should really grab them up. That's amazing. You you guys got to raise your prices. I think that's yeah, and I, I'm sure that's controversial. I but, tell them that I was yeah. like, guys, we're libertarians. Charge the market clearing price. Yeah. I mean, we, we're supposed to understand this, but it's also um, it's, it's a it's a good problem to have, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah. It, it this it's and it's just like the last two years where it's really taken off. Yes, it has really blown up the last two years. I mean, it's what's well, now. Uh, this is one of my troll statements, but it's now the longest running uh, libertarian festival in the world uh, because we were the only libertarian event to really go on in uh, twenty twenty. So when we didn't miss a year. We still held Porkfest when in the summer of twenty twenty when when very little was happening. Yeah, and well, that it's probably directly related. The blowing up of, of Freedom Fest in terms of population has to be one of the positive effects of lockdowns. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, you know, I, I think it's, I, I didn't like a lot of what happened during COVID, but to me, as someone who wants to see sort of people sort themselves out, like, let's recognize our disagreements. Let's stop trying to dominate 
one another and let's have that sort of a little bit of a peaceful separation where you know like i if you're a democratic socialist if you're whatever like i don't i don't demand worldwide libertarianism i'd settle honestly for like five square miles do the structure of the united states we you know kind of go after have to go after a whole state but you know like i don't i'm not trying to take what you want away from you i'm just trying to live the way that i and all of these other people would genuinely like to live and i i think that's a lesson for libertarians to learn from the sort of learn from civil rights movements right like uh you know like homosexuals didn't try to convince people that being gay was awesome they said we're we're genuinely gay we genuinely have these feelings and like we're human and you're hurting us you know and i think that's like that's how i feel as a libertarian like we genuinely i don't want to speak for you but like like i'm genuinely offended by some of the things the government does to me in a way that I think 98% of the population is not, right? They literally, their subjective experience is different from mine. And I, I said, I don't know. So that's why I tried to talk about it that way because I think like, look, I'm a human. This is how it feels to me. Sort of, it's my lived experience, if, uh, yeah. as it were, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and so I think there's something, I think there's something to that. Hmm. I, I want to go back to um, uh, Odyssey and Library because the, um, some of my tech friends told me that the challenge with with blockchain social media platforms is figuring out how to monetize it. That's right, and, and how to how to fund creators and how to make a return for the the work that you put into it. And that is both the the genius of library, but also apparently controversial with the SEC. Is that a good way to put it? Um, I'll happy to talk about the problems with the SEC, but I wouldn't I wouldn't tie those two together specifically. Okay, they are unrelated. I think they're I think they're mostly unrelated. I mean, the SEC is definitely concerned about the free flow of blockchain tokens, so there's a little bit of a relation. But they're specifically concerned with what we did with blockchain tokens. So the SEC's concerns would not affect users. The SEC is not you know they're not alleging anything that any way that other people. They're only alleging the way that we personally. I've used our tokens, but um, there is a there is a token. That token can be freely traded. So in that same way that we can't interfere um, with your channel, we can't interfere with the ability of your fans to to pay you or to support you. We can't interfere with the following relationship. When you click that follow button, that link is actually being recorded in your personal cryptocurrency wallet. In the, so in the same way that we can't take away your channel, we you know all that stuff is yours. You can take it with you. you sort of have exit rights. Um, but a lot of the monetization is actually coming through Odyssey currently, and Odyssey is doing traditional monetization strategies as well. So you can get um, you can get tips on your live chats. You can get tips on your videos. Um, there are there is now um, just the beginning of an advertising program. Um, that actually just went live in the last like several weeks, maybe a month or so. And so all the traditional monetization that's available is available through Odyssey uh, as well. There's more that I would like to do with the blockchain stuff. The regulatory climate is is very challenging uh, for blockchain in the United States, but I think I think it's tr it's generally challenging in a lot of countries. So what's your what's your opinion on the Biden executive order on crypto? Well, I mean, my current position is so bad that I would take regulation that I disagreed with and it would it would still be a substantial improvement of the, of the status quo. So sort of what I might like from a sort of philosophical... Because you, you don't know what the rules are now. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm literally... So I, I part of the reason I'm here in the studio is so I was in New York City uh, yesterday. I did an eight-hour 
deposition with the SEC, so compulsory testimony, um, asking them about uh, me and how I've been running the company. And um, it's mostly defense. You can't, there's no audience, there's no judge, you know, so you're just like, you're just, um, you know, trying to trying you I'm answering their questions truthfully but they're making up the rules as they go there is no publicly stated rules as to how public blockchain companies are supposed to operate they're using a law from the 1940s they're aggress- they're interpreting it extremely aggressively and basically saying that every single blockchain company is violating the law um, there's no facts in our case that would be different from Ethereum. In fact, we have better facts. We didn't do an, what's called an ICO, um, so, which Ethereum did. So it's, it's a pretty crazy case. There's, there's no allegation of fraud. There's no victim. There's no one who came to the government and said, you're doing something wrong. Um, to some extent, I think they're going after us because we were very transparent and the government's kind of lazy. You know, So we were putting all of these spreadsheets online, detailing line by line, like here's how we're making use of uh, the cryptocurrency token. And, uh, you know, some regulators said, hey, that's an easy case to make. Look, they gave us all the evidence publicly. And so they go after companies like ours rather than, there are bad guys in the blockchain space. And they go after us in instead of some of those because I think it's easier. I've also heard more nefarious or conspiratorial explanations. You know, we are obviously have been pretty disruptive to some powerful companies and, and, and some powerful entities. And I, I have no positive evidence of any of that, though, so I don't want to like yeah. say that that's true. I mean, you, you could definitely imagine, like, I assume the moment that Hillary Clinton announced that cryptocurrency was the enemy of all that she held dear, I, I knew which side I was on. <laughs> right. And I do think there's, um, I mean, the whole the whole censorship thing itself, I think, is is just a an, an ongoing process of whack-a-mole where, where technology has liberated people and um, our overlords, whether they be like it's the collusion of big business and big government, they don't, they don't like it because they want to control it from the top down like they always did. And so like even even the SEC um, going after you strikes me as, as just a continuation of that game of whack-a-mole. And is it part of it is, um, you know, bureaucrats are going to regulate because that's what they're supposed to do. And there's lots of noise coming from the administration to say, yeah, this 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 crypto thing, we got to get handle on this. Yeah. It's getting out of control. Um, but it also might be, to be more conspiratorial, it might be that you um, you solve the free speech problem. Yeah. And yeah. they apparently don't like free speech anymore. Right. I mean, we've um, had some fun coverage from the mainstream press or the corporate press about the distribution of firearms CAD files, uh, which are available via our protocol. And that's you know, some tiny, tiny fraction of overall content, but, you know, they they get very upset about the distribution of, of these kinds of files. And so you're dealing with center-left, very pro-government regulators, and they have a lot of discretion in terms of how they do their jobs as well. So even if it's not a top-down conspiracy, it can even be, well, these guys, we don't like their politics, you know, let's go after them yeah. rather than go after someone else right but it's a big deal because this precedent like it is going to affect 99 probably with a decimal and some more numbers percentage of blockchain companies um i mean i think you could stretch it to include bitcoin and it clearly would include ethereum Mm -hmm. under the standard which they're um uh which they're suing us 
So at some point you decided to talk about this publicly because there was there was a time when you were like, I hey, probably shouldn't talk about this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I wish, I, um, this is a struggle for me personally because I am very in favor of being transparent. The problem is, and I can't even fault um, businesses for thinking this way, but everyone is terrified of the SEC, everyone, right? Um, so we, when the case, the case became public when it was filed, and we lost multiple vendors because no one wants to have the SEC come knocking on their door, even if they're not after you. I mean, they're they're. We've had business partners. They get a, I mean, how much money does it cost to deal to comply with a subpoena? And the SEC is being incredibly aggressive. So they they go at you know um, now. Frequent, fortunately, they have not actually. They chose not to subpoena too many of our vendors uh, or our business partners. But I mean, they can. They can do whatever they want. And and everyone in the blockchain is like on you know thin ice and doesn't want to be the one who draws attention from you know the eye of Sauron, and so everyone's nervous and everyone's scared. And then you know once once you've been sort of touched by that taint, there's uh, you know a sort of desire to stay away. And so um, that's why we didn't talk about it sooner. This case is four years old. Yeah, it's, we're coming up on the four year anniversary of this case. They chose to file the case right. They, so we've been under subpoena power since. April of 2017. Hopefully you don't uh, hate cats. Yeah, yeah, oh, very cool. Um, so we, we've been under subpoena power for, wait, maybe it was 2018 because we're coming up on four years. But anyway, they, they waited until a couple of months before they were going to hit the statute of limitations right. before filing suit. They just left it open. We wouldn't hear from them for eight months at a time, right? And we'd hear nothing. And then they'd come back and they'd ask for some more records and they'd say, we're still looking into this. And then and then we, shortly before the statute of limitations was going to be hit, they chose to they chose to actually proceed and, and follow the case, uh, file the case. By the way, where do you stand on the cats versus dogs? Because <laughs> clearly cats are the libertarian um, as well, he it, trashes my it, <laughs> it depends. Um, I like, you know, I like both of them. If I was going to have one personally, I'd have a I'd have a cat because I think like a lot of work dogs mm-hmm. uh and uh but uh you know dogs are dogs are great too i grew up with dogs and dogs are a lot of fun training dogs playing with dogs that's so. why we got into cats uh, right after we got married for the practical reason that they can kind of take care of themselves yeah um when you when you travel although now they've they've demanded they have like a sitter and they, have, <laughs> they get we spend more money on them but but they live in a good life here. Yeah, but but I do th- I do think that some dogs have sort of communist tendencies. It's just a fact. It's the way it is. Well, luckily they don't vote. Yeah. So, so so I'm thinking thinking about this and this this whole uh, um, you know you're libertarian, but um, you suggested that a predictable regulatory structure would be the best thing to happen to your business well no not the best the best thing to happen would be my government would be the government to say let the free market reign unless someone was defrauded right you know or lied to or whatever then we're not going to touch it that would be the ideal outcome that outcome seems not on the table (laughs) so so like i would take some rules that i disagreed with if they were clear right that you know um over the status quo yeah, uh, it it sort of raises the question: like, if if the Biden administration is going to start making up rules, would you stop, dude? You're not you're not going to stop. Um, 
if the if the Biden administration and is telling all of its um, alphabet agencies to start promulgating rules, um, maybe we do need Congress. Um, you know, I've, I've had Warren Davidson on my show, who's a big crypto guy, and um, there's there are some better guys in Congress that are wanting to make sure that crypto is treated a lot like the internet. We're not going to yes. We're, we're not we're not going to let them regulate it to death. Yes, yes. And um, I think that, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I actually think, and maybe, man, this will get like clipped, and I'll look really naive in a year or two, maybe. But um, I, I kind of think that that the incentives are such that the outcomes won't be too bad here because there's not really that concerted of a of an anti crypto block. Like to the extent that there's an anti crypto block, it's like almost reactionary to the pro crypto mm-hmm. block the idea that the, like a lot of the financial institutions are already you know getting involved like jp morgan and and ethereum are already in bed together you know like they're they're this isn't i don't i don't think they're getting left out in the cold so it's like where where is the entity that that is going to be that anti-block because there's a lot of people who are using it there's a lot of enthusiasm right you're seeing you know coinbase and what's that other company with ads during the Super Bowl? You know, you this is something that's becoming really mainstreamed. And so like there's gonna be a lot of people who would be agitated if the if the government does something bad. And even if even if uh even if Bitcoin is a threat to the Federal Reserve or cryptocurrency is a threat to the Federal Reserve, like the Federal Reserve actually they can't mobilize and and, and get on the other side of that issue via democracy you know and so you know politicians are in my opinion like largely spineless narcissists and so you know it's like well if a bunch of people support this like they'll probably go along with it so so like i you know i think that that's a good way that crypto wins is adoption spreads and the people support it and you know where's the even if it actually is threatening to the government which i'm not sitting here saying necessarily but maybe it's it's you know I, I think that democracy would still potentially support it anyway. Well, it but it is so disruptive. I mean, let's 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 play this out five years from now, and um, you've destroyed um, YouTube and Google with your democratic platform. Aren't they going to? I mean, I'm sure they already are, but aren't they going to go to these agencies and their chairman of of jurisdictions and say, guys, we need we need to write a law to stop this yeah yeah it will be interesting to see how all this plays out in the rosy picture that i just painted um <laughs> maybe what's not rosy but uh i'm not i don't there's a lot of scenarios you know that that could happen um but i think the best thing that we can do in the industry is you know or just people that are users or enthusiastic about it is like you know rally together work together a- agitate on this issue and leverage the fact that, you know, sort of a, a loud minority uh, frequently does get what it's what it wants, yeah. particularly when there's not a loud minority on the other side of the issue. Yeah. And there's way more people who are animated about crypto, you know, being safe and, and, and legal and these kinds of things than there is, I think, that is, is going to be on the other side of it. So I'm optimistic for those reasons. You know, I, I obviously regulatory capture is a big problem and, and companies getting legislation or, or regulatory actions that that favor them from a business perspective, it does happen. But like, 
companies at the same time, there's all kinds of things that they would like to happen if they could just use the government to do whatever they wanted to their competitors. And, and those things don't happen all the time. So, um, I, you know, I think I'm, I'm, I'm decently, I'm decently optimistic. Here. I feel like, um, uh, Justin Trudeau might've done us a favor by, with his hysterical overreaction to the Canadian truckers absolutely, and, you know, seizing their, their, crypto bank accounts is that is that how you would say that yes i think i mean i think it's crypto is one of those things where every attack that doesn't destroy it kind of makes it stronger mm -hmm. um it's on more people get onboarded more people learn about it more people understand why it's necessary and beneficial and so i think that all of these events the deplatformings the the financial seizures all of these things are things that expand adoption and expand usage and that's what i'm so excited about that's why i got into crypto like i don't care about all the like a, a nfts and um some of the casino like aspects which i know a lot of people are are into but i'm into crypto for the empowerment right i'm into crypto because you can go back right uh back to operation choke point under obama when the like doj put put pressure on credit card companies to to take away credit card processing from like um, people in firearms or drug paraphernalia or, or, or I think some aspects of pornography or various things. And they, like, they were literally denied credit card services when credit cards are not a competitive industry due to all the regulation, all the financial regulations. And, you know, so this idea of, of, of digital cash that's mine, that I choose whether I share it with someone else and no one else has a say in that, like that was what got me excited about Bitcoin. I didn't, when I bought my first Bitcoin, I didn't think I was, I didn't even think, I, I didn't think I was threatening the Federal Reserve. I didn't think I was going to make a thousand X or whatever. Like I was excited about the fact that I now have this cash-like instrument that I can use online. And same kind of thing that got me excited about library. I'm excited about the fact that I can have a handle that can't be taken away from me. You know, I can, I can publish something and, you know, it, it can't easily be be taken offline or arguably can't be taken offline. And like, that's what's exciting. You know, if uh, it's not about like the, this like uh, this casino type type stuff for me. Right. I mean, it would be exciting if you had bought a bunch of coins at, at a dollar a piece. You can't help but be excited. But like, look, if I make if I'm if, if I made half a million dollars off of Bitcoin, but it ended up being that through regulation, Bitcoin is unable to deliver on its promise or due to technical failures, right? Like I'm a fan of Bitcoin, but like Bitcoin has not really succeeded as the peer to peer cash that it was promised to be. It still might lightning network, et cetera. I'm not, I'm not down on Bitcoin, but um, like I would have, I honestly would rather not make the money and have real peer to peer cash, yeah. you know, like that, that is what, what's exciting for me. So you, it, it sounds like you're an optimist, and I'm I'm looking for optimists because you know particularly particularly conservatives, but a lot of libertarians are so bent out of shape, almost apoplectic about about the way the big tech is coming down yeah. on us, and and I'm I'm never at the front of the line to get taken down because free the people stuff is is really intended to be for people who aren't libertarians, people who aren't conservatives, but. I assume at some point they pull my plug too. <laughs> and so like I, I started off 10 years ago being uh, very romantic about, about the potential of radical democratization. You're still there. You, you think we're on track? Uh, I'm, I'm very 
I'm very optimistic about entrepreneurial solutions to tech censorship. Like the closest thing, like the closest thing we have to free markets, or one of the closest things we have to free markets, is the internet. Like, yes, there's a huge incumbency bias, but large incumbents fail in business all of the time. I think part of what causes this frustration is people are like, I want them to fail now. You know, and, and when you're in that day-to-day of something that realistically takes 10 years or longer at time, like when you are a, a, that huge incumbent, like they never fail spectacularly and rapidly, yeah. right? They fail slowly and slow and then and then a little bit faster and then a little bit faster. And then occasionally you have these like big switching moments where there's enough that you get that like actually beginning to be a rapid cascade. But um, I, I think that you have all kinds of new and, and different things being uh, built even beyond what we're doing. And I yeah, I'm, I'm very optimistic about the internet. Uh, I'm even optimistic about libertarianism, at least locally, due to, to residing in, in New Hampshire. I am, I'd say I am a pessimist about, about any kind of national libertarian movement, but I support people trying. And uh, I don't know, I guess I'm probably a little bit of an optimist generally. Um, like government sucks, but people are very creative and they come up with beautiful ideas and they're doing new and different and great things all the time. And like, I feel like my life is, is getting better. I think my children will live in a better world than I lived in, you know, like, so I'm, I, at the end of the day, I'm, I think I'm an optimist. Yeah. Cool. Well, well, let's, let's give people some practical information, um, how they find you, but also like, you know, say, say you want to set up a channel on Odyssey. What do you do? Yeah. So number one thing to do if you're, uh, is to go to odyse.com, create an account. When you create an account, if you are, uh, if you are on YouTube yourself, there's a tool that will bring all of your content over on an ongoing basis. So not just your back catalog, it'll keep working. Check that box when you set up your account. And after you create your account, you can create a channel. Uh, you should obviously go to Free the People, have that be the first channel you follow, but then follow dozens of other great channels. You'll find lots of creators that you know. You'll find creators that you're like, I used to like that guy five years ago. What happened to him? And the answer is he got buried by the YouTube algorithm because he wasn't uh, authoritative or enough or whatever YouTube doesn't like. And so that's the number one thing to do. That's more important than any anything else. Um, if you want to follow me personally, I'm on um, I'm on library at my handle is K A U F F J, and then I'm also active on Twitter under my full name Jeremy Kaufman. Cool. It's well, I'm I'm an optimist at least for a day until some shit happens that <laughs> makes me sad again. Thanks for doing this. Thanks. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed that show, make sure that you like and subscribe. Click the little bell so that you get notifications. And if you consume this via podcast, go wherever you want to go. We're everywhere. Kibbe on Liberty. The revolution starts now.